Hello, and welcome to the Convos with Kayla podcast. On this podcast, I will be sharing what God has been teaching me lately while also featuring guests on the show. This is a relaxed place to feel like you're having a cup of coffee or tea and talking about Christian lifestyle with vulnerability, challenging ourselves on our beliefs and actions as believers of Jesus, growing deeper in scripture, sharing testimonies of God's faithfulness, and exploring how we can grow deeper in love with our King while living for His glory. Make sure to subscribe, share with your friends, and enjoy the episode. Well, welcome back to the podcast, everyone. Today, I have two wonderful guests that I've actually just met today uh, for the very first time, but I am honored to have them on the podcast. And uh, we're actually talking about a subject that can kind of seem a little scary to talk about sometimes. Um, Sometimes when we do bring up this subject, there is shame and there is fear tied to it. But we just want to talk about this today um, because it is a part of all three of our stories. And I'm going to let these ladies share more in a little bit, but more so this podcast really is about finding freedom in this place and realizing that we are not defined um, by watching these certain things and by participating in these certain things, but um, that we do get to find complete freedom and joy in the Lord as daughters and sons of the King, and that there is no shame tied to it as you are a child of God. And so that's what we're going to be focusing on today. Um, But I want to welcome to the podcast, Amanda and Katie from Victory Collective. So welcome. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I'm going to have you all just kind of tell a little bit about yourselves. I know we talked prior to this about both of your stories, but um, if you can just share kind of where you're calling from and just, yeah, a little bit about yourselves. My name's Katie, and I am pregnant. I'm due in August, and um, I live in Nashville, Tennessee, with my husband of five years and my little toddler, Wilder. Nice. Um, And I'm Amanda. Um, I'm from Virginia, but I currently live in the tiny town of Del Rio, Texas, because uh, my husband is in the Air Force, so that's why we're here. <laughs> um, and we don't have kids yet. We've been married for almost two years now, um, and we have a dog, Dakota, and we just got a new puppy today. <laughs> wow, that's so exciting. So that's why I'm a little bit frazzled and sweaty right now. <laughs> That's super great. I love it. Well, I love that there are babies on the way and there are new puppies in the family. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Well, you know, I was trying to think back on this and well, I guess, okay, I'll share this first and then we'll jump into everything. But um, I was trying to think back on how I had found y'all's account. And honestly, I can't tell you because I almost feel like maybe one of you guys had followed me or something. I posted a video. I don't know how it happened, but um, I'm just super excited to like have you guys on the podcast and, and talking about um, what we're going to be talking about today. And so, yeah. um, but before we do that, what I usually do with guests on the podcast is having them share a little bit of what God has been teaching them lately to kind of make it more personal for the listeners. So if you guys would be willing to do that, that'd be great. Yeah, for sure. Um, something that I feel like we've talked about a lot in small group recently and just life in general is this idea of trusting God's word over our own feelings. Mm -hmm. And this has come up just reading scripture and just 
in my life in general, like getting really overwhelmed by certain things or um, like, for instance, I said my husband was in the Air Force, so we don't know where we're going next. And the time is quickly approaching for when we are finding out where we're going next. And so I can definitely allow like the anxious thoughts of like, where am I going to be? What am I going to be doing? Am I going to have a job? Is he going to get a plane that he likes? And instead of letting those like emotions kind of take over, just relying on God's word. And like, that is the truth that we can trust in. And that is always constant, even though our lives are going to be constantly changing, um, especially in the Air Force, like moving a lot. And then even with the Victory Collective, this has come up because we have a lot of girls who say, you know, I don't feel forgiven. I don't feel redeemed. Um, or on the flip side, I don't feel convicted. So I'm not going to stop watching porn because if I, if it was wrong, I would feel convicted. And just thinking about how our feelings lead us astray so much and how we have to really hold them up to the light of God's word. Like, do our feelings contradict God's truth? Because if they do, we need to be leaning more on God's truth than what our feelings are telling us. And, um, especially for those girls who are like, I don't feel redeemed. I don't feel like I've earned God's grace. Like you have, we know you have because it says it in God's word. And so, yeah, that's that theme of God's truth over our own feelings has definitely been coming up a lot in my life. I've been really challenged lately with stepping out of my comfort zone and doing things that make me really uncomfortable, which I am not someone to change up routine. Um, I like to stick with what I know, but I've been thrown into situations recently where I, I have to change um, either with my health or their living situation or family or whatever. And so it, it's honestly been really hard just trusting in God that things are going to change or things that they're going to be okay if they change. Um, so yeah, that's been a pretty big challenge for me lately. Yeah. Thank you for sharing both of you. And yeah, it's, I think both of your things that you were sharing, um, from both of you kind of is what I've been learning as a whole. So it's very cool to hear that. Um, and yeah, just as you mentioned, um, Amanda, just holding on to those promises of God, no matter your circumstance. And that does tie into the pornography subject that we are going to be talking about today. And so, um, yeah, I think that's very, very cool that you guys um, are learning those things. And even that you brought that up to kind of enter in, us into that today. So, um, yeah, as I had talked about prior to our call, um, we already discussed both of your journeys with pornography, but if you could give just a little brief introduction of what both of your journeys were, um, I think that would be really helpful for the listeners. Yeah, I first saw porn when I was 13. Um, I had Googled girls kissing because I heard about it at school. Um, and so I found things that made me uncomfortable, um, never wanted to see them again. Um, and then a year later, I saw the same things again, and it brought back a lot of the guilty feelings, but it brought back more curiosity and like, this is exciting. I want to know more. Um, and so that led into um, 
a porn addiction that where I had to have porn every day. Um, whether it was on vacation or at home, like I was going to be looking at porn, um, but also keeping it to myself and not telling literally anyone. Um, and it wasn't until I got to college that I felt brave enough to share with someone um, after a really emotional argument with God um, about not wanting to share um, and just really, I just trusted him with that nudge and talked to my roommate about it. And she encouraged me that I was no longer isolated in that. And um, she still loved me and God still loved me. And I wasn't going to be alone anymore, which was huge because I had felt so isolated. Um, and then the very next day after I talked to her, I got a text from Amanda. <laughs> yeah. So then my story going back to middle school, um, I also found porn when I was 13 in eighth grade. Um, I found it on accident on YouTube. It popped up as a suggested YouTube video and immediately I was just hooked. I was felt all of the emotions, felt confused, excited, scared. Um, and so I would watch the content that I was able to find on YouTube, but very quickly became desensitized to that and decided to Google the word porn. And I had heard of porn from people snickering about it at school or, you know, in church when they talk about men, if you struggle with porn, those are really the only contexts I heard about it, but I knew that it had something to do with what I was watching. So I Googled it and immediately was hooked and needed to watch porn. Um, it was an everyday, multiple kind of day, multiple times a day kind of thing. Um, I needed to watch porn. I would look forward to the times when I was home alone. Um, I would be thinking about it if I wasn't watching it. It was all consuming. And this went on all through high school. Um, I was very, very ashamed because I felt like the only girl in the world to watch porn. Um, it was never, ever referenced towards women. It was only ever talked about in the context of men or like middle school boys. And that was very, very isolating. So I promised God that I was never going to tell a single person about this. Not even my future husband would know. And that was obviously not his plan. And so freshman year of college at a worship night, I finally got the first little glimmer of hope and peace that I had felt in the struggle. And I decided to text Katie. I told her everything, how I found it all of the feelings. And I ended it with, you know, if you don't want to be my friend anymore, I totally understand. Like I, I know that I'm gross. And she texted me back. I'm literally crying right now because I'm in the exact same situation. And we were, we were just mind blown. Like we tell each other everything. We've been, you know, best friends since ninth grade. And I had absolutely no idea. And she had no idea. And so it was the first time we were able to see that other girls struggle with this and then also be able to talk about it and process with somebody what we've gone through. So that was definitely the first moment of 
you know, where my healing journey kind of began. It was many, many years after that moment, but that is where our stories kind of come together. And um, yeah, we finally had someone to talk to about it. Yeah. I think that's the key with um, people who struggle with pornography and masturbation um, is telling someone about it because the enemy really wants to keep this in the dark. He wants to keep it hidden. He wants to keep you living in shame and in fear. And I'm sure you guys have seen this many times with talking with many girls um, or on the flip side of girls being like, well, I don't feel convicted, so I'm going to keep watching it. And I, I kind of feel like in a way that's also the enemy keeping in a dark is kind of being like, yeah. it's fine, you know, like keep watching this. So I think just with the two of you sharing with each other, like that is amazing. And people listening, and I'm sure you guys are going to mention this too, as we continue to share on the subject but you know just tell someone like it's I know it sounds easier said than done but truly like that was my story as well as after I'd been in this place for several years I finally told my mom and she you know responded with so much love and I'm very thankful for that I know that's not always the case for people but that was the beginning of my healing as well is with telling people and so yeah um yeah I think that's beautiful that you both told each other with that um like I had mentioned for me with my testimony with porn, um, once I officially decided to stop watching it, it was only, I'm trying to remember, but I believe it was only a few months that like I would have temptations come and go. And then I would say no, or there would be a few times that it would come and then I would say yes. And then eventually after that, it started getting easier and easier to say no. And it stopped and it actually came up um, a few years ago trying to tempt me and praise the Lord, I was able to say no again. But for me, I'm very thankful that my story is is that way, that it only did take a few months. Um, but I know of many girls and guys who it's taking years to get over, mm-hmm. you know, this, people call it the new drug. And so I just kind of want to address that because for me, um, I posted a video about a year ago and um, it, it was a video sharing like, hey, I, I struggled with porn and this is how I got over it kind of thing. And I had many girls messaging me and being like, hey, how did you get out of it? And I feel so bad, but I'm like, the only thing I can tell you is by prayer, like truly. And I did set restrictions, thankfully. Um, and I know people use covenant eyes and such things like that. But I want to hear from you all. How do you address that, hearing that from girls? Um, but also, how did you all stop, you know, facing that temptation and just say no and walk out of it? Mm-hmm. For me, the want to be out of it was greater than the want to watch porn. Mm-hmm. Um, before that, it was, well, I can just watch it every now and then and I'll be fine. But then I began, um, I started dating my now husband. Um, I didn't want him to know. Um, I started getting older and I started learning more about the porn industry itself. And so all of those factors combined just really motivated me to get out of this. I felt like I was stuck um, and that there was no way out. I tried so many different things um, and they did not work. Um, I tried telling myself, if you do this again, then Uh, God's going to make your boyfriend break up with you. Or if you do this again, you're going to fail this exam or, you know, that kind of thing. And then 
every now and then those things would happen, but it wasn't because God was taking things away from me because I was sinning or because he didn't like my actions. Like he's not intentionally making our lives worse just to get back at us for going against him. Um, That's not how God works. Um, I started to learn more that God is merciful, loving, gracious, and forgiving. And when we choose to act on those sins and those temptations, he's not stepping away from us in anger. He's getting even closer and wrapping us up in grace. Um, And once I figured that out um, and I started having more patience with myself and knowing that God does not hate me, um, I was able to resist the temptation more, if that makes sense. Um, I also started to pray really hard to find the outs, as I called them. Um, So like if I felt tempted to uh, pull out my phone and look at porn, I would get a call or my phone would die, or the Wi-Fi would go out, or I would lose connection, or someone would ring the doorbell. Like, little things would happen every single time, but it was up to me to, like, see it as a way out. Like, oh, my mom's calling me. Should I just hang up and then look at porn, or should I see this as an opportunity to resist that temptation and go do something else? Um, And so that was one of the ways that I think God really helped me um, get out of that addiction. But every single person is different. Um, Everyone has individual things that tempt them or uh, keep them from resisting. And so I think, like you said, it, it really does all come down to prayer and like your relationship with God, like your personal journey and what you are going through, because what I did is not what helped Amanda and the things that she did are not the things that helped me. And that's okay. That's totally normal. Um, But it's just the one thing we all have in common is that we're forgiven and we're not disgusting and we're not hated by God and we're not unworthy of love. Like like I said before, he's merciful and loving and gracious, and he's here to walk through this with us, not like to let us go through it alone. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really happy you asked this question because I was thinking about it yesterday. And first of all, we think it's absolutely possible for someone to, obviously you are the testament to this of getting out of this addiction really quickly. Like we think that's possible. Um, like God can do anything. So I was thinking about, okay, you had a short, a shorter kind of recovery process. Mine was from the moment I told Katie to the, to the last time I watched porn, it was six years. Hmm. And, and my healing is still going on. Like I'm still noticing to this day ways that God is still redeeming all of the things that I have done in my past. And so I was, I was thinking about that and I'm glad you asked this question because it was the first time I've ever thanked 
God for my long healing journey. Because so many times over the years, I have been like, I just want to be done with this. Like, I am so sick of this and I want to be healed like tomorrow. Um, And obviously that didn't happen. But looking back, God taught me so many things over that, you know, six year and ongoing period of healing that I probably wouldn't have learned if it was like, I woke up one morning and I had no temptation to watch porn. Um, like I learned the power of confession, like how amazing vulnerability is, like the amount of people I confessed to over the years. If I had confessed to Katie and it was like a one and done situation where I would just immediately had no temptation to watch porn anymore, I wouldn't have found so many other friends of mine who were in the exact same situation as me and like really struggling with that shame. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have realized how important confession is and how even if that person doesn't struggle with porn, usually vulnerability leads to vulnerability and they'll tell you something that they're wrestling with. And that was like all of those moments were so cool that I probably wouldn't have experienced if my recovery journey had been really quick. Um, And so I'm actually really thankful for that. But like Katie said, like we, it's impossible to compare your recovery with other people's because it's so much more than just like you watch porn, you wanted to stop, so you stopped. Okay, well, what about me? I wanna stop, why can't I stop? Like, it's not that simple. It's so many other factors that go into it. Like how long have you been watching porn? What is the heart issue behind it? Have you dealt with that? Have you brought that to God? How aggressively are you pursuing the Lord? Like there's so many external factors that go into it that really make it impossible to compare your healing with other people's. It's also not helpful to do that. So that's where I would start to all those people. I would say, don't compare. Like there's a reason we call it a recovery journey or a healing process is because it is that there's not like a we're gonna wake up tomorrow and then immediately you know be free of all temptation in the world that's not how it is because we live in a very broken world there's not a checklist that you need to follow to figure it out it's it's all unique and different based on where you are yeah I do want to say um one part of your question was you know if you still face temptation and if like images come back into your mind. Yeah. Um, a couple things on that, we've talked about this on our page, the image, like recalling images in your mind, like seeing those pornographic images, even if you don't want to. Um, number one, that's your brain being a brain. <laughs> it's recalling the information or the things that have made you feel good in the past, however temporary that feeling is. And so I would say definitely give yourself grace for that because that's not you intentionally calling those things back. It is your mind working really how God designed it to work, but it has been abused with pornography. Um, And so now it's those porn images that are popping up. So definitely forgive yourself for that because that is something that's really, really common and it's your brain actually doing what it's supposed to do. Um, and then also that temptation 
is everywhere. And being tempted does not mean you are actively walking in that sin. Um, you know, you do have a choice whether you see the temptation or get triggered by something and pursue that sin or if you turn away from it. And so just want to remind you that it's not the temptation itself is not the sin. So if you are tempted, give yourself grace for that. Cause that's not, you're not actually choosing to walk that path. Yeah. It's really good that you brought that up. Cause I think at least I've heard of a lot of girls and I've been guilty of this too, of, you know, you have those images in your mind or even you have that temptation to go to your computer or phone or whatever and in that moment, immediately when that temptation is there, you're like, great, I've already fallen. And it's like, well, no, like you haven't stepped out into taking place in that sin. Yes, you were tempted, but yeah, you totally have a choice. Are you going to say no and walk away or are you going to follow through with that and continue forward? Mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah, I, and also, Amanda, I'm really thankful too that you brought up, um, which is the whole like heart posture part. Um of searching and, and finding this place of, okay, repentance, finding people that you can surround yourself with, that you can share your story with, and they can help you keep accountability with that. But I really do think a big part of it too is the heart posture. You know, why are you turning to watch these videos? Why are you turning to do this thing in this moment right now? Like what is going through your brain and what is leading you to do that? And I think if you start figuring out the root, then you can start digging that root up and it's not going to keep digging down, but you're pulling mm -hmm. it up. So I think it's really, really good that you brought that up. Um, and I think a lot of people don't focus on that necessarily. So I think we need to start training our brains to, you know, start finding those roots more. But um, kind of to go with roots, though, when I have found roots in my life and I've really brought those before the Lord and repented and started working on those in my life, um, I started realizing like, okay, I do have this freedom in the Lord. I do have this grace. And then I have this choice. Am I going to accept this gift of freedom and grace and start walking out in that? And so what does it look like um, to walk out in this freedom and to walk out in this grace? Mm -hmm. um, I think so much of that is in community. I was thinking about grace and how we, we always say on the Victory Collective, like, give yourself grace which I guess is a good saying, but I was thinking about it a little more and grace isn't, grace is something that you accept from, like something that you do not deserve that you are being given. And I think that's found so much in community. Like that's found in community with the Lord and with other people. And I think that you really do have to step into that and be vulnerable with other people in order to truly walk in that freedom and grace. Cause like, I think as humans, naturally we want things to happen really quickly. And so we do want the like three steps to overcoming porn. Like we want those three quick and easy steps and we want to be able to do it on our own. And like, maybe that's possible, maybe, I don't think it is, but maybe if somebody did overcome porn, they still wouldn't be diving into that community where you can really see the grace of Jesus being played out on this earth. Mm -hmm. Like with other people being like, okay, I see you. I see all of you and I still love you. And Jesus still loves you. 
And so as far as like walking in that freedom and grace, I feel like you really do experience that when you let other people into this with you. I mean, I totally agree with Amanda, obviously. (laughs) Um, But I would also add that the validation that you receive from communication, from community, is almost just as important as the grace um, that you're receiving from them. Just knowing that other people have felt the same things as you, have, like, even seen the same things as you. Amanda and I have had a lot of those conversations where we've felt like just so awful because of things that we've seen Mm -hmm. and those images pop back up. But once, um, like we shared with each other, no, that happened to me too. It's like just a relief. And so finding that validation from other people is just so important in your healing journey too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I kind of feel like that's what you guys are doing with your accounts too, you know, and I'm sure you've seen this, but touching many lives and making them realize like, hey, I'm not the only girl who struggles with this, or I'm not the only 30 year old who struggles with this or, you know, whatever. So I think that is a a beautiful, beautiful part of finding freedom in this for sure. Absolutely. So I do see our time is coming to a close very soon. Um, But I do have one more question that we could briefly touch on really fast. And that is just how do we talk more about the subject in Christian circles without it being filled with shame, without it being like, okay, I'm barely going to talk about this, but then move on, you know, like how do we approach it with such love and grace and that freedom that we find in Christ? I think the biggest thing is including men and women equally in the conversation, not separating boys and girls so that the boys can talk about it and the girls can't. Um, I think the church has a lot to do in that area. Um, I mean, just growing up in my own experience, I never learned about pornography from any church member or anything. Um, And so including women in that conversation gives them that validation and that community and letting them know that they're like, it's not just you, like women are doing this too. And you're going to be okay. You're going to get out of this. Um, And when it comes to shame, I think um, men do experience shame just as women do, Um, but it it just looks a little different. Um, And so I think just being aware of the different expectations men and women face, um, especially surrounding sex and sexuality, um, because porn is in our everyday culture. Um, It's commercialized sex cells. And I think um, because the way that sex has been twisted, that um, porn use has gone up. And so that just adds to more um popularity too which is hard to talk around and it can sometimes be unpopular to talk against it Mm -hmm. um but within the church it is popular to talk against it um and so just including women in the conversation yeah i would agree with that because we both had experiences of hearing porn talked about in reference to men in the church, but never women. And so I definitely think that's a very easy thing that church leaders can do. Like just that simple word choice of adding women to that sentence is really like, honestly, the best place to start. 
Um, and then, yeah, acknowledging that it's everywhere. And I've heard like a lot of parents in the church say like, oh, well, I trust my kid. I trust that my kid would never watch porn. I'm like, yeah, my parents trusted that I would never watch porn. Like they didn't even, that didn't cross their mind that I would ever do that. And so just learning about what kids are going through these days, what they're exposed to and recognizing that like everyone, regardless of age or gender or religion is exposed to the same type of pornography in the world and being equipped and being educated in that, um, I think can really help people walk alongside them and help them figure out how to kind of navigate this dangerous digital world we live in. Yeah. Yeah. For also, sure. if you're someone who, um, like if someone is telling you that they have a problem with porn, um, I think a really good way to respond is just letting them tell you everything, listening to them, letting them be vulnerable and not shaming them. Mm-hmm. It's already so hard for them to open up about something like that. And so if you receive it with grace and validate them and encourage them and let them know that like it's okay that you're telling me this and I'm gonna pray with you I'm gonna walk with you um acting like they're gross or being like you did what is not going to be helpful in that conversation yeah yeah for sure And yeah, I think just remembering, you know, like if you personally have not experienced this and someone is sharing that with you, yeah, don't make them feel that way. I I know of many people who have experienced that and it's been even more detrimental to their walk in this than it was for you to just listen, even if you weren't affirming them where they're at and being like, okay, well, let's help you get out of this. You know, even just listening can mean the world to someone as well. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. So yeah, I just... I appreciate you all sharing that. And um, like I said, like Victory Collective is doing amazing things. And I'm just so, so encouraged and thankful to see that there are women who are advocating against this, who are sharing um, their their journeys, who are sharing how they got set free and sharing their continual journey with it and helping others to get out of this place because it really is a drug that this world is experiencing now and getting addicted to. Mm -hmm. And so for you all to take this time in your lives to this is absolutely amazing and I want other people to experience this account too so um, where can people find you guys um, you can find us on Instagram at the underscore victory underscore collective <laughs> and then we also have a website thevictorycollective.net that's awesome well make sure to go follow them guys they're amazing they post awesome reels to them like oh that was creative i like that so um yeah you guys are doing awesome work and thanks um, keep up the work for the kingdom